Welcome back to Devotional Thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers on the Y Milbank Podcast Network from Milbank, South Dakota. I'm Craig Weinberg sitting in the studio once again with Pastor Dave. Welcome back in. Thank you. It's good again. to be with you again. And it's finally, uh, I think we've turned a corner, maybe. It's uh, <laughs> no snow on the ground, so we're happy about this. Oh, I'm glad <laughs> last week's snow has uh, moved on. Yes. We like it uh, <clears throat> in January. Yes. Not so much in late April, but hey, whatever. <laughs> Where are we going today? Today we're going to be dealing with uh, heavenly wisdom versus earthly wisdom. Ooh. Should be an interesting time. <laughs> As we continue working our way through James chapter 3, uh, we, we come to what I think is one of the best passages of of scripture in the entire epistle of James. Now, as we continue our our journey through James, uh, we remember that some have called James the book of Proverbs for the New Testament. Hmm. It certainly contains practical truth for Christ-like living, no matter the period of time in which we live. And so today, as we uh, continue, or actually as we conclude chapter 3, we see James showing the stark contrast between heavenly wisdom and earthly wisdom. Now, all one has to do is take a look at society just to see how much we need heavenly wisdom today. Uh, Quite frankly, I am disheartened every time I turn on the news to Mm hear what is happening in the world around us. And, and uh, in the natural, it would, would frighten me. Uh, however, I, I don't allow the, the news of the day to uh, set the trajectory of my life uh, because I understand that there is heavenly wisdom mm-hmm. and there's earthly wisdom. Let's look today at James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Now, just remembering back, James has dealt in chapter 3 with uh, encouraging not everybody to desire to be a teacher because there's a higher accountability for those who are teachers uh, of the Word. And then he warns of uh, utilizing the tongue well. The tongue is uh, uh, an untamable part of us. But we need to guard our words. We need to guard our tongue well so that we don't damage people around us and uh, that we don't stir up strife and conflict. Now, as we use that as a backdrop, let's understand that a lot of the strife and conflict we see about us today is the result of the tongue being Mm -hmm. utilized uh, in an unwise fashion. And so James now begins to uh, talk about the, the wisdom uh, of man and the wisdom of heaven. Verse 13, he says, Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show it by his good behavior, his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, Do not be arrogant, and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. 
For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, and free of hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. James begins this this passage with a question, and, and just as a, a point of clarification, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. But he begins with a question, and the question is this, Who among you is wise and understanding? Who among you is wise? Who among you is understanding? These are important questions to deal with at the beginning of this lesson on wisdom. And so let's look at these questions and answer them for ourselves. First, let's define wise. What does it mean to be wise? In the original language of the New Testament, in in the Greek, uh, it literally means skilled. Who among you is skilled? The word understanding means knowing, or who among you is knowing. Those who know and those who understand are skillful in the application of what they know. They are instructed to live lives, lives which are in agreement with what they know and what they understand. In other words, their works and words are in agreement. Now, it's interesting to me that James has now kind of circled the wagon back around to what he emphasized in chapter 2, that faith and works are in agreement with each other. They're not in opposition to each other. If you say you have faith, but you don't have works, you have imperfect knowledge. You you have an, uh, a head knowledge of it, but you may not know how it applies to life. However, if you have works but no faith, uh, again, it's, in, it's incomplete. But it's when the two come together that there is wisdom and that there is understanding. And because there's a, a, an agreement between their skill and between what they understand, there is a gentleness which is evidence of their wisdom. I I can remember uh, last week I alluded to the fact that I had uh, uh, a professor in college who uh, was a great uh, theoretical theo- theologian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had read the book. He had done the studies. He had uh, he had earned an advanced degree, uh, a graduate level degree in in the theology that he was teaching, but he didn't have any practical application to it. And and when challenged, oftentimes what he would do is he would try to back the person down who who would question him and question mm-hmm. his teaching. Uh, he would try to uh, just 
you know, bury them underneath an avalanche of his supposed knowledge. Uh, wisdom, being skilled, understanding, or having knowledge are compatible, and when they are compatible, when they are working together in agreement, there is a gentleness of spirit. Uh, I contrast that one professor with another one that I had who uh, was so wise. Uh, he was he was one of my favorite professors in college because he wasn't threatened by the questions from uh, the class. Uh, he had the practical experience of life to back up what he was teaching. And when you would answer or ask a question of him, his answer was always very gentle. He would he would lay it out in such practical ways that you could easily grasp it, understand it, and say, okay, I, I get it now. I know how that works. And uh, he was one of my, my favorite, favorite professors, as I said. There was agreement between his wisdom and his understanding. Now, James has asked this question and, and has called us uh, to have gentleness uh, as we evidence our wisdom. But he, he draws a contrast here uh, between those who uh, are not wise and those who are not understanding. He, he characterizes them uh, by having bitter jealousy, by having selfish ambition, uh, and these elements are evidenced by the motive of their heart, and, and they lie against the truth. Uh, again, when you don't know the answer and you try to overwhelm someone uh, with uh, just a lot of words but not a lot of substance, uh, it it just doesn't come off well. <laughs> um, there's... I'm trying to think of uh, a polite way of saying this, uh, uh, and I, I guess I'll just let the listener fill in the the gap. There's an old saying that if you cannot dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with whatever <laughs> with whatever you want to substitute there, and. There are a lot of people who are like that, and these are the ones who evidence what James mm -hmm. calls earthly wisdom. Uh, they don't have any substance behind what they're saying, and and so they they become very defensive. Uh, they tend to deflect. Uh, they may turn the conversation away from their lack of preparation and their lack of information, knowledge, and wisdom and try to make the person asking the question uh, become the object of the conversation. Uh, you know, that's a stupid question to ask. Mm -hmm. I can't believe you don't know that. And, and uh, they begin to expose uh, themselves. Now, the characteristics of the earthly wisdom that James brings out here, uh, or man's wisdom, if you please, he says it's earthly, it's natural, and it's demonic. Mm. Now, uh, 
Craig, you and I were talking uh, before we started recording today about a lot of what's going on in our world today. Yeah. Uh, the, the civil unrest that we see, uh, the racial tension. Um, uh, what is the answer to that? Uh, I, I don't want to be simplistic as I go through this, but I believe that we are going to uncover the answer here. First, let me say this, that what we are seeing society try to do is to resolve what I perceive as a spiritual issue mm -hmm. with earthly wisdom, with natural wisdom, and they are trying to uh, deal with I, what I believe to be a demonic issue mm. yeah. in their own strength. I'm reminded in the book of Acts that there were seven Jewish exorcists, they were called the sons of Sceva, who tried to address a demonic issue in their own strength and in their own wisdom. And, and the book of Acts records what happened is they, they traveled around. They were itinerant uh, exorcists. And when they encountered uh, uh, people who were demonized, they, uh, they would try to uh, exorcise the, the demons from them. Well, they had observed the apostle Paul as he ministered and as he uh, was able in the authority and the power of the name of Jesus to exercise uh, the demons mm -hmm. in these people. And so uh, they came upon one who was demonized and they thought, hey, that worked well for Paul. Uh, let's just include that in our repertoire of uh, exercise activities here. And so uh, what they did when they encountered this man who was demonized, they said to him, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, we <laughs> command you to come right. out. The demon said, Jesus we know, <laughs> Paul we know, but we don't <laughs> know you. you. Right. And the Bible records, uh, I heard one pastor say, one of the first examples of streaking in the Bible <laughs> as uh, that demonized man rose up and beat those guys bloody and they ran away naked, stripped of their clothes, just just overwhelmed wow. <laughs> uh, by the, the power of that mm -hmm. demon within the man. Well, my friends, what I am saying is this, that we will never address demonic issues with earthly mm -hmm. wisdom or with natural wisdom. The earthly wisdom ultimately manifests itself with uh, what the Apostle Paul describes in Galatians chapter 5 as the fruit of the flesh. Mm -hmm. uh, it's jealousy, selfish ambition, disorder, and every evil thing. Uh, it just isn't going to work. And as we look at society today, uh, we are not making the world a better place by following the wisdom of, mm -hmm. of those who are professing to be wise yeah. uh, in, in social sciences and, and uh, sociology and, and all of that. Uh, in fact, uh, it would appear that we are, uh, we are declining uh, you know, we are, we are not better off mm -hmm. uh, than what we were. And uh, evil 
and ills of society are coming to the fore, and some of them need to be brought and exposed to the light of day. But they need to be dealt with appropriately, and, and we are not in many instances doing that. And so uh, as we look at our world today, we, we see this on full display. Mm-hmm. Wrong is now considered right. Right is now considered wrong. Uh, if you uh, profess morality, uh, you are, you know, an ancient fossil. Uh, you are unenlightened. Uh, but we've got a generation of people running around not knowing who they are or what they are. Mm. Uh, and, and it's a sad commentary. Uh, we have normalized rebellion. We've normalized sin, and as a result, as a nation, we have a lot of confused and lost people. The truths that James shared in his letter to the early church speaks volumes to our social, to our political, and our spiritual situation today. I would, in fact, go so far as to say that the abandonment of heavenly wisdom is leading us down a pathway of destruction. Uh, now, when I say that, I, I immediately think of the words of Solomon. Uh, and we read those words in Proverbs fourteen twelve. He says, there's a way that seems right to a person, but the end is the way of death. Mm-hmm. And so with that as a backdrop, understanding that earthly wisdom is not going to bring about a good result. Let's let's look at heavenly wisdom mm-hmm. and and see what the result of heavenly wisdom is. In the last two verses of chapter 3, James outlines the very nature of heavenly wisdom. He says, "But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, free of hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Mm. You know what? That sounds to me like a prescription for all that ails us today. (laughs) Right. Uh, We can try to wrap our brains around what's happening in the world and, again, you don't solve spiritual problems with earthly wisdom, mm. but it's with the love, the mercy, the grace of Jesus Christ, the fruit of the Spirit, if you please, that these issues are addressed and resolved. Sadly, for too long, we've drunk from the cesspool of earthly wisdom and we show the effects both in the world and sadly we see it in the church as well. I would just encourage the listener today to make this our prayer. And my prayer is this, Lord, let your wisdom transform us that we may be purified from all that is earthly reflecting the beauty of Jesus to those around us. Let us reflect his peace, his love, his gentleness and mercy. Help us, Lord, to be impartial. impartial. 
Help us to be reasonable. Free us from hypocrisy. May we sow the fruit of righteousness in peace, that Jesus alone may receive all the glory and all of the praise. Amen. Amen. That is good. As we go forward into this week, to remember to be, to choose the correct wisdom. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Thank you. Craig. Have a great week. This is Devotional Thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers. Tell your friends, don't forget to come back next week and be safe and check up on your friends and loved ones. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.